0: Welcome to the Football Pink Podcast, hosted by Roddy Cairns. The Football Pink is a website, magazine and documentary podcast series bringing you long-form stories and nostalgia from across the world of football. In the modern history of Northern Irish football, the name of David Jonathan Healy looms large. The little striker is one of those players who is most closely remembered in the green and white of his nation, rather than the colours of any of the clubs he played with. It's the outcome of an international career that saw him become his wee country's top international scorer of all time by a furlong and its fourth most capped player. Along the way, there were plenty of special memories created for the Green and White Army. Foremost among them being two magical nights at Windsor Park in the mid-2000s. Strap in for the story of David Healy, Northern Ireland's big game hunter.
1: It was, quite frankly, the group of death. Northern Ireland had their work more than cut out for them.
2: Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. The scenes at the final whistle, unreal, never forget it.
0: Healy was earmarked for big things right from the start of his career, with a youngster from County Down starring in international youth football for his country from under 15 level onwards, and signing for English Giants Manchester United four days before his 16th birthday. He made his debut for the Red Devils in October 1999, but would embark on loans at Port Vale and Preston to get some more regular game time. His loan at Port Vale may not have set the heather alight, with three goals in 16 games being a pretty modest return at that lower level, But it was during that time that Healy made his international debut for Northern Ireland. He started as he meant to go on, netting two goals in a 3-1 win over Luxembourg to mark a dream debut in the green and white. That he scored only one goal less in that match than in his entire 16-game spell at Port Vale may have seemed odd, but it was a signal of what was to come, as Healy would spend his entire career proving to be far more lethal on the international stage than he was at club level. Healy moved on to Preston North End at the tail end of the year 2000, initially on loan before making the deal permanent for a fee of £1.5 million. Pretty steep for a guy who had so little track record in senior football, but David Moyes and the Lily Whites clearly thought Healy's potential was worth the asking price. At international level, Northern Ireland had little hope but to start leaning on Healy, and hoped that the rough gem would prove to be as good as he looked. Former Manchester United player Sammy McIlroy had taken the reins of the national team, making his dugout debut on the same day that Healy made his on-pitch debut. But these were dark days for the side. With the country having always struggled for squad depth due to its diminutive population, some of the stalwarts of that period were more workmanlike than stellar, with the likes of West Brom's James Quinn and Hull City's Stuart Elliott providing the competition up top. Put simply, NI needed somebody to step up and become their talisman, and Healy embraced that challenge. After having announced his arrival with that brace on his debut, Healy simply could not stop scoring when he pulled on the green and white, as Football Pink contributor Rodney McCain recalls.
2: As a Northern Ireland supporter, you don't really tend to have too many multi-million pound players in the squad. So David Healy, even though he was a kid really, whenever he first broke into the, the, the international scene, The fact that he had moved to Preston North End for £1.5 million meant that we sort of knew that he had some ability. You don't get to play for Manchester United if you don't have ability. Healy didn't take long to make it known that he was going to be something special. Now, okay, goals and friendlies against the likes of Malta, Norway, Estonia, Barbados, Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, it's not the same as scoring against Germany or France. But David Healy took four years, less than four years actually, to break the Northern Ireland international goal scoring record that had been held by Colin Clark at at 13 goals. Now you might say, well, 13 goals isn't a superb total to actually get to at international level. But hey, we're a small country. We didn't have a big squad to pick from at any stage during our history. So for a kid like David Healy to actually break that record after only four years pulling on the shirt was still an extraordinary achievement for him. And David made sure that he made himself available for selection, for the manager, for these, again, not, not particularly glamorous friendlies, but he was very keen from the start to both play for his country and score as many goals as he possibly could.
0: Healy's emergence was, however, one of the few happy things to come out of Sammy McElroy's spell as manager of the national team. They won only five times in his 29 matches in charge, all within his first year, Qualification for Euro 2004 was a total washout, as Norn Iron failed to score a single goal in their eight qualification matches and finished dead bottom of their group with three points. A solitary 0-0 draw against Spain proving to be the only ray of light for the Windsor Park fans. McIlroy stepped down at the end of that miserable campaign, and the fact that his next destination was Stockport County perhaps says a great deal about how well his Northern Ireland spell had gone. In early 2004, former Wimbledon legend and Wickham Wanderers manager Laurie Sanchez was appointed to the Northern Ireland job. London-born Sanchez, who had won a handful of international caps for the side in the 80s, had one task above all else – get the team scoring. If there was one man he could rely on in that regard, it was David Healy, and the early signs had been good with Healy's form on the Caribbean tour. The draw for World Cup 2006 qualifying was not exactly promising, as Northern Ireland were pulled out of the hat with England, Poland, Austria, Wales and Azerbaijan. Whilst the presence of near neighbours England and Wales would certainly add intrigue, the chances of Northern Ireland taking one of the two qualifying spots were always pretty slim. However, Sanchez would be aiming to at least avoid the embarrassment of another bottom-of-the-table finish, and the Windsor Park fans would demand to see some goals and some victories. There's no denying that there was one fixture which stood out a mile above all the others.
2: England. They were the team that everyone wanted. Come on. The old rivalry. Well, it's a one-way rivalry, admittedly. I mean, the English are too big and too powerful to ever consider Northern Ireland as anything other than a little annoying little brother. However, the excitement in the country at being drawn in the same group as England for the 2006 World Cup qualifiers was absolutely palpable everyone just looked for two fixtures we were in the same group again with Wales but again it was England and only England that drew the eyes of the supporters and particularly the game at Windsor Park we realized that the game in at the English ground which turned out to be Old Trafford was going to be probably a step too far but on our own pitch in front of our own fans roaring them on we knew we could give the English a game And they hadn't really been anything great, any great shakes, the English, under Sven Gorn Eriksson. They'd they'd largely underachieved with the absolute quality players that he had to choose from in the squad. It should also be noted that there was, and to a degree still exists, resentment against England and to maybe a slightly lesser degree Scotland over the dissolution of the old home international championships, which basically gave Northern Ireland and Wales the chance to square up against England and Scotland once every year and the fact that we had won only three outright home championships in its entire history of over 100 years but we won the final one in 1984 means that effectively we are and remain the all-time British champions. So there was some resentment towards the English FA for having dissolved that because basically they couldn't be bothered to play us anymore. And so, like I say, we were rubbing our hands at, at the idea of getting one over on the English whenever they came to Belfast. And of course, David Healy was very much our prime weapon.
0: Healy showed a penchant for scoring against other teams from the British Isles on match day two, when goals from him and Jeff Whitley sealed a 2-2 draw against Wales in the Millennium Stadium. There were two contrasting draws to follow, as NI secured a dull 0-0 against Azerbaijan in Baku, before the Austrians were held to a completely mental 3-3 at Windsor Park, with Healy again on the score sheet. The away match against England at Old Trafford failed to live up to the expectations of the travelling Northern Iron fans, as they were pretty comprehensively swatted aside 4-0 by their larger neighbour. However, a 2-0 home win over Azerbaijan meant that they went into the return match with England at Windsor Park with the wind in their sails. Northern Ireland knew that playing England at Windsor would be a completely different kettle of fish to the match at Old Trafford. The ground in South Belfast was small, tight and noisy, not the sort of place that the so-called golden generation of Beckham, Gerrard and Lampard were used to playing in. 14,000 of the most passionate Green and White Army conscripts packed Windsor, hoping to see history made, and they were not disappointed, as Football Pink contributor Kirsty MacLeod recalls.
1: The stage was set for what England could easily be forgiven for assuming would be a relatively routine affair. Their opponents were ranked 116th in the world, and their recent win against Azerbaijan had been their first in four years. But Northern Ireland were on the up. Laurie Sanchez had been handed the reins in 2004, and in contrast to a somewhat ageing and lacklustre side that McIlroy had left, Sanchez was bequeathed with a squad featuring exciting young talent with the likes of Ivan Sproul and Stephen Davis. On the 7th of September 2005, they were well up for the fight. It was a feisty game from the offset. Jeers enveloped the ground as Gerrard and Owen assembled on the centre spot for kickoff, And no less than seven seconds later, Ashley Cole was on the deck after being clattered into with all the force of a charging James Quinn on the right wing. The first real chance came after 27 minutes. A high-footed, studs-on-show challenge from Davis earned England a free kick right on the edge of the box. Beckham stood over it, and heart rates across Windsor Park quickened. A trademark sweetly hit shot curled over the lines of defence and bounced agonisingly off the corner of post and crossbar. An overhead effort from Michael Owen on the half-time mark was gathered then into the arms of Taylor. England's frustration was evident, none more so than on the face of Wayne Reedy. He was having a miserable time, booked for raising his arm in a challenge against Gillespie and so ruled out of the following qualifier against Austria, growling at being placed out of position on the wing and shrugging away teammates at half-time who endeavoured to calm down the number nine. The crowd loved it. 0-0 and Northern Ireland were more than holding their own. The game is known for its second half, so let's jump straight there. To the 74th minute to be precise. Paul Robinson, under pressure from a high Northern Irish press, hurriedly cleared the ball from his box into the middle of a park to awaiting Stephen Davis. Davis coolly collected and then, spotting a running healy on his right wing, landed a beautifully weighted pass into the striker's path. Healy controlled, ran with it, took a step, and then launched the ball past a helpless Robinson into the far right-hand corner of the net. The stadium erupted. England were dumbfounded. Twenty minutes later, the final whistle went and the green and white army roared. History had been made, and David Healy had been right at its centre.
0: A first victory against their rivals from across the sea since 1972. A statement win for Sanchez. A chance for Healy to go from top scorer to living legend. Footballing moments don't come much better than that magical night at Windsor Park, with Healy's goal most probably representing the most important of his 14-year professional playing career. It was the highlight of a qualifying campaign that represented a moderate success for Northern Ireland. They had not remotely threatened to qualify, but they'd improved enough to finish fourth out of six and trebled their previous points tally. They had given their fans some goals and some entertainment, and there was hope that a new generation of young players were coming through who could provide a half-decent supporting cast to the undoubted star of the show, David Healy. the football pink we understand the passion you have for your own icons of football that's why we've combined our unique creatives and our knowledge of the game to produce the most beautiful range of football art available to you there's a whole collection dedicated to managerial icons meaning you could own a unique piece of artwork detailing Sir Alex Cluffy or Cruyff in their touchline pomp just visit www.footballpink.shop to browse the entire collection Northern Ireland were hoping to build on the optimism generated from their World Cup 2006 qualifying campaign, and would have crossed their fingers for a slightly kinder draw that might allow them at least a shot at qualification. It's fair to say that is not what they got.
1: It was, quite frankly, the group of death. Spain were the headliners. Casillas, Puyol, Hernandez, Raul. Thus far they'd underachieved on the global stage, but there was no doubting their quality nor their appetite to avenge for a disappointing World Cup exit before the semi-finals in 2006. And then there was Sweden, Denmark, Latvia, Iceland, Liechtenstein. This meant showdowns with Larsen, Ibramovic, and a Latvian side who had recently tasted major championship football at the Euros in 2004. Northern Ireland had their work more than cut out for them.
0: Qualification looked an impossible task, and that impression certainly wasn't helped by NI's first game. A comparatively winnable home tie against Iceland. The match was an absolute disaster. The unfancied Icelanders strolling to a 3-0 win at Windsor Park. If this was how Northern Ireland fared in what should have been one of their easiest matches, what chance would they have against the big guns of Spain, Sweden and Denmark? Well, they wouldn't have to wait long to find out, as the Spanish were due at Windsor Park four days later. The home fans must have been trepidatious at the prospect of the team ranked 7th in the world rocking up at Windsor Park, But the memories had not yet faded of that glorious win against England, which had happened almost exactly a year earlier. The faithful travelled to Windsor Park with hope.
2: We'd just lost the first game 3-0 to Iceland. I mean, how bad can you get? Next up, of course, was Spain, one of the best, easily the best teams in the world, who came to Belfast just four days later. We honestly thought that we would get annihilated. These guys were on a completely different level to anything that we had. The manager did make some changes after the Iceland defeat. He brought in Michael Duff, came in at full-back. Johnny Evans made his debut. Kyle Lafferty came into the starting lineup. However, those changes looked to be null and void whenever Xavi volleyed Spain in front. And it looked like, hey, it's going to be how many they score. Thankfully, Xavi Alonso... (laughs) (laughs) Made a terrible hash of letting a ball in the area bounce some minutes later and David Healy, ever the poacher, was quick to nip in and embarrass the Spaniard by levelling for Northern Ireland. It set the ground alight, people jumping and going completely bananas because we honestly didn't think that we would get close to the Spanish goal. Then David Villa, showing what a great striker he was, put Spain back in front actually against the run of play. And you're thinking, "Ah, so little, so late, it's going to be one of those nights where we do all the hard work, look like playing well and scoring, and they come and steal the points. However, David Healy had other ideas, and he equalized with an absolutely fantastic thumping shot from a Sammy Klingen free kick, which was clearly a move that the two guys had worked straight off the training ground. Clingan taking the free kick quickly and short right across the edge of the area. And David ran onto it and thumped it home with his right foot. Fantastic finish. Give the goalkeeper no chance. And whenever you're talking about a goalkeeper like Iker Gassias to give him no chance, shows you how good a shot it was. We thought that was as good as it would get. Hey, 2-2. We'll take that. <laughs> David Healy had a different idea. Raúl hit the, hit the woodwork and you're thinking, ah, oh, just hold on, guys, hold on. And then 10 minutes from time, we hit them on the break Ball's cleared up, bounces over the halfway line. David Healy's running through, gets to the edge of the area. The ball's still bouncing. Cassius off his line. Healy, lobs him. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. The scenes at Windsor Park after that was unreal. We're 3-2 up. First hat-trick for a Northern Ireland player in Belfast since the great Georgie based. We held on against all the odds. The scenes at the final whistle, unreal. Never forget it. Never forget it. The England result, yeah, that was a highlight. But Spain were on a different level from England, quite honestly, and to beat the Spanish. was just miraculous, absolute miraculous, especially given the disappointment of the Iceland result just a few days earlier. It was literally a case of night and day.
0: It was a ridiculous four days for Northern Ireland, from the toothless loss to Iceland to the breathless win over Spain. They were certainly interesting days at Windsor Park, The question was whether they could build on the result, or whether they would revert to type in the matches that followed. The answer was, emphatically, the former, as Northern Ireland proved to be the surprise package of the group in a mammoth 12-game qualifying campaign.
1: Northern Ireland's next match was away to Denmark and Copenhagen. Here they held out for a hard-fought 0-0 draw. Ten days later, it was Sweden away. Despite going behind in the 15th minute, Lafferty equalised after 72 minutes to secure a point apiece. Northern Ireland met the Scandinavian pair the following year, this time in Belfast, where once again Windsor Park became the stage for some of the side's most stellar performances. On the 20th of March 2007, they came from behind to win 2-1 against Sweden, both goals provided by Healy. Then in November, in a match almost cold off before kickoff due to torrential rain, Northern Ireland battled against the Danes, with the ball often being held up in puddles of water on the pitch. Northern Ireland found themselves behind again, this time with a 51st-minute impressive solo effort from Arsenal striker Bentner. But 10 minutes later, Warren Feeney replied with a header. And glory ultimately went to Healy. His strike sealed the deal with 10 minutes to go to keep just alive Northern Irish hopes of qualification.
0: Healy simply could not stop scoring throughout that campaign. He followed the hat-trick against Spain with another one against Liechtenstein, making him the first person ever to score two hat-tricks for his country. There were doubles against Sweden and in the return against Liechtenstein, and a key winner in the home victory over Denmark. All in all, Healy scored 13 goals in that qualifying campaign. 13. This was for a team that, just a few years previously, had failed to score a single goal in an entire eight-match qualifying group stage. It's very difficult to put into context just how incredible those numbers are, but we'll try. Not only did Healy's 13 goals make him the top scorer of all the teams in Euro 2008 qualifying, it also made him the highest ever goal scorer in the history of qualifying for the Euros, overtaking a record held by the great Croatian Davor Sukar and seeing him presented with a special award by Michel Platini. Healy's record still stands to this day, although it has more recently been matched by Bayern Munich and Poland goal machine Robert Lewandowski. Healy's 13 goals become even more frightening when you recall that before he burst onto the scene, the most goals anyone had ever scored for Northern Ireland in their entire career was 13. Yet here was David Healy doing that in a single campaign. His numbers really were unprecedented. Sadly for Northern Ireland though, Even Healy's remarkable goal scoring could not see them qualify. They ended the group of death in a very impressive third place, their 20-point haul seeing them finish ahead of Denmark, but behind Spain and Sweden. Their downfall was a lack of consistency against the smaller sides in the group, with nine points dropped from matches against Latvia and Iceland essentially proving the difference between qualifying and staying at home. As for Spain? Well, the loss to Northern Ireland proved something of a watershed moment for them.
1: The age-old issue was evident for the Spaniards. They couldn't cope when the match got ugly. Northern Ireland had played to their strengths, virtually unopposed. Spain's head coach, Luis Aragones, was on bot time, saying after the game, the Federation will question my decision after this. Remarkably, he would survive the onslaught of fury back home and remain entrusted as the man to reverse the stagnation. Aragones was quick to initiate some minor personnel tweaks, albeit with major consequences. There was a marked change of mentality as well as a passing of the old guard. The Barcelona-Real Madrid duopoly over national team selection was discarded, opening more avenues both outside and inside Spain. The likes of Villarreal, Getafe and Espanyol began to make more regular contributions to the national side. Cesc Fabregas was met with open arms from Arsenal, a disciple of Arsene Wenger's own possession-based philosophy in London. Fernando Torres would be phased into the national side at the expense of the legendary Raúl. In fact, Raúl would not pull the Red of Spain on again after that night in Belfast. Aragones had come to a head with the fractious icon who had become a problem within the camp. A watershed moment for Aragones and the national side. Get it wrong, and there was no coming back.
0: Remember, you can own a unique piece of artwork depicting your favourite manager icon in full swing. Whether you worship at the Church of Arsene Wenger or are more of a Bob Paisley fan, check out www.footballpink.shop to see the Football Pink's entire artwork collection. All in all, David Healy won 96 caps for Northern Ireland and scored 36 international goals making him the nation's all-time leading goalscorer by a country mile. The last of those goals came in November 2012, as the veteran climbed off the bench to score a first international goal for four years against Azerbaijan. That goal was in the early days of Michael O'Neill's nine-year reign as Northern Ireland gaffer, a period in which they eventually went one better than Sanchez's nearly men by taking their place at Euro 2016 in France. Sadly, Healy was long retired by then, having hung up his boots in 2013. That this legend of the national team was not lucky enough to spend more of his international career under O'Neill's progressive management is a real shame. Perhaps the one time in Healy's career where he got his timing wrong. And what of David Healy's club career? It is striking that he is so indelibly associated with the green and white of his country, but many fans would struggle to pin him to a single club. Probably his most fruitful spell came at Preston North End from 2000 to 2004, a period where he had a solid goal-scoring record at championship level under David Moyes. There was a pretty decent spell at Leeds, where Healy led the line for the newly fallen Yorkshire Giants, but peaked at 14 goals in a single season. Then he was reunited with Laurie Sanchez for a season in the Premier League at Fulham, and then spent a few years as a bit-part player at Sunderland. With his career approaching its end, Healy still had time to realise one of his dreams, with an 18-month spell at the club he had supported all his life, Glasgow Rangers although he only pilfered four goals in that time. Healy's club career then was solid enough, not to be sniffed at. But why was there such a marked difference between what this man achieved in the green and white of his country and what he achieved in the colours of the many clubs he represented throughout his career? Listen,
2: David Healy really never had the same career at club level as he did whenever he pulled on the Northern Ireland shirt. At times you could say, well, that's sort of difficult to understand because international football should be a level above club football. But whenever you think about it, for a country like Northern Ireland, whenever you've got basically a superstar at international level like David Healy, you form the team around him. And that's something that he never obviously enjoyed at club level, um, where he was just another one of the team members. At international level for Northern Ireland, David Healy was the star player laterally he was joined in that level by Steve Davis who's an absolutely wonderful technician in midfield but up front David Healy was the man he admitted himself to, that he actually enjoyed playing for Northern Ireland more than for any of the club sides that he actually played for and you could say that perhaps the Northern Ireland managers recognised that David Healy was an outstanding striking talent and they simply built the team around him to try and get the most out of him get the ball into the areas in, in areas where they recognised that that he could do what he did best, which is simply putting it in the net. You don't get a golden boot at international level unless you're one hell of a striker. David Healy was. He'll never be forgotten about by the Northern Ireland fans. He did us proud many, many times in the, in that green shirt. Many, many times.
0: Healy was everything for Northern Ireland during his 13-year career at international level. First, the great white hope for a new generation, bursting onto the scene with a brace. Then, the shining light offering threat and quality in an otherwise poor side. Finally, the talisman. A bona fide legend in a side which slayed the best the world had to offer and very nearly achieved the unthinkable. When he retired, he left a legacy to rival any of his countrymen. Special memories, powerhouse performances and, above all, goals. You have been listening to the Football Pink podcast. For more stories like this one, please subscribe to the podcast and visit footballpink.net.